up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Friday, November 12th. Let's get into this bad boy right here. And we're going to break down all the games for you for this weekend slate. Starting, and of course, Monday Night Football, starting with Atlanta and Dallas. Two passing games kind of trending in opposite directions after last week. Atlanta seems to have found something. I mean, it's not amazing, but it's something. Even without Calvin Ridley on the field, Matt Ryan's top 300 yards in two of his last three. Two passing scores or more in six of eight games this season. Better than you'd think. And Dallas is the number 10 fantasy matchup for quarterbacks, so Matt Ryan is a streamer this week. Of course, we're using Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts and pretty much nothing else if we can get away with it. I do expect Dak Prescott to bounce back. That was a tough performance last week against a good Broncos defense. They were the fourth worst fantasy matchup for quarterbacks so far this season. Now he faces the fourth best fantasy matchup. Atlanta wanted just four teams to allow over two passing scores per game. I like Dak, I like CeeDee Lamb, I like Amari Cooper, I like Ezekiel Elliott, I like Dalton Schultz. Pretty much like everybody, we can get into our lineups in this one. New Orleans, Tennessee. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Alvin Kamara does not look like he's going to play this week. Now, I am recording this before I have an official injury report. My expectation is this is a game-time decision he ultimately does not play. That's what I think is going to happen. I don't know. But that's what I'm planning for to happen. If Mark Ingram is the lead back, he is a top 15 play this week because he should see volume. We don't know if it's Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill or both, but probably both as of right now. Don't drop Taysom Hill into quarterback leagues. Uh, As far as the other side is concerned, I mean, there's really, it's pretty straightforward. Tannehill is a streamer. A.J. Brown is a starter. Julio is basically a back-end wide receiver three. And I really want nothing to do with the Nashville Ravens. That is their backfield. It is a full-blown committee, and there's no appeal to Peterson, McNichols, or Foreman because it's a full-blown committee. I mean, that's really it. So that's where we are. Jacksonville, Indy on the Jacksonville side. Hey, we're trending in the right direction here with James Robinson. Has a good chance of suiting up in this one. And if he plays, uh, he is certainly our guy. Backfields aren't necessarily doing well against the Colts, but it's a volume play. Colts are actually the third worst fantasy matchup for running backs, but James Robinson, in games where he's been healthy, averaging almost 17 touches per game, so I'm going to play the volume here. On the other side, and by the way, Jamal Agnew, no. I mean, the answer to your question is no. I know he's seeing some decent targets, but no. DFS, maybe. All right, if it's a DFS question, maybe, but not in season long. I'm only using Marvin Jones out of the wide receivers right now. Carson Wentz has quietly been very good over the last six weeks. During that span, he has at least two passing scores in every game. He's 11th among quarterbacks in fantasy points per game. Like, that's not league winner numbers, but that's pretty good numbers. Like, that'll get you by numbers, right? Obviously, we know Johnny Taylor is a monster. Michael Pittman is turning into a bit of a monster. And that's about all we're using there on the indie side. Buffalo and the Jets. Buffalo coming off of a surprise loss any given Sunday in the NFL. But I do think Josh Allen bounces back. I mean, if anybody's pushing the panic button, they are ignoring the rest of the season. If you exclude last week, and I know we can't, but let's just say we did. Josh Allen's averaging 27 points per game in his other starts. That is elite. He's a stud. Just chill. 
Uh, it does look like we could have uh, Zach Moss back on the field in this one. And if Zach Moss is back on the field, then he is an RB2. And Devin Singletary is more of a flex option, but both of them get a fantastic matchup. Remember, you know, the Jets, they're allowing 1.8 rushing scores per game. That's a half touchdown more than second, which is pretty insane. On the other side, Michael Carter. Let's not panic too much. Yes, he did come back to earth, but, you know, it was a weird game last week, and I don't think anybody expected him to truly be an elite option every week. If they did, they're not paying attention. He's an RB2 play. This is a tough matchup, but just chill with that. Mike White will be under center in this one. Maybe we'll see Zach Wilson here soon, but it won't be this week. And as far as the wide receivers are concerned, the one I have the most confidence in, and I don't have any confidence really in any of these guys, but the most would be Corey Davis. Elijah Moore, this is a key test. It's a tough matchup, and Corey Davis is on the field. So just be prepared. There, None of these guys are anything better than a flex, though, the, the wideouts here for the Jets. Detroit, Pittsburgh, uh, Jamal Williams is really banged up, so Detroit could be without him. That means a lot of DeAndre Swift, though it is a very tough matchup against that Steelers defense. We're going to keep using TJ Hawkinson and, and avoid the rest like the plague. Chase Claypool trending towards not playing. So Deontay Johnson, top 10 play, man. Even with a banged up Ben under center, he's going to get it done. Najee Harris is a little banged up, but this is a fantastic matchup. He'll play through it. Remember the last time we saw the Lions, they gave up four rushing scores to Jordan Howard and Boston Scott combined. And I think those two combined isn't even Najee Harris. So giddy up Najee Harris. And uh, Pat Fryermuth, let's ride the wave. I'm not going to find a reason to bench this guy as of right now. He is on fire, so we're going to continue to use him. All right, quick break. Then uh, we will talk about a very interesting rematch from last year's playoffs. Tampa facing off against the Washington football team. Well, injuries are going around in the NFL, and the injury bug certainly impacting Tampa. Uh, we have no Rob Gronkowski, no Antonio Brown, and Chris Godwin is a game-time decision, which I will tell you is on the wrong side of questionable. Didn't practice this week. He's going to go in pregame warm-ups, and I would almost guarantee he doesn't play. I can't guarantee it fully because I know if I do, then you'll be like, oh, nice job, Radcliffe, <laughs> on Twitter. But uh, maybe more people do that than I realize. I just have a lot of people muted or blocked. <laughs> but anyway, if he does not go, it'll be a ton of Mike Evans, a ton of Mike Evans, a little bit of Tyler Johnson, enough to use in DFS, and maybe some Jalen Darden, maybe some OJ Howard, maybe some Cameron Braid. And you can almost guarantee that rando Giovanni Bernard touchdown. But otherwise, it's Brady, Evans, Fournette is what we have confidence in. On the other side, Terry McScorin, yes. The matchup for Antonio Gibson is bad, but let's get let's do away with the Antonio Gibson shin narratives. I don't see them shutting him down anytime soon. However, I only have him at RB25 because of how good this team, this Tampa team is against the run. I don't expect to see Logan Thomas this week, but I'm and I'm not using Ricky Seals Jones. Carolina, Arizona. Cam Newton looks like he will be active, but not starting. It'll be PJ Walker. Uh, we may see a little bit of Cam on the field, and ultimately I think that's a good thing for the team, believe it or not. Can't be any worse than Sam Darnold, but the key here is Christian McCaffrey looked phenomenal last week, 18 touches, and you know the fantasy numbers weren't great, but they'll be there. 
I'm just I'm very encouraged to see him back on the field. DJ Moore, I think our expectations now have to be for DJ Moore as more of a back-end wide receiver too, which means, remember, like the Mike Williams thing, he is not going to produce the number 20 wide receiver numbers every week. It's like he's going to be potentially a top five or he could be like outside of the top 40, but probably not in between. I got to ask if uh, it's worth picking up Robbie Anderson. The answer is no. On the other side, uh, we are going to be without a couple players here, and and there was a lot of moving pieces. First and foremost, Chase Edmonds won't play. It looks like DeAndre Hopkins is trending towards not playing, Rondale Moore trending towards not playing, and I don't know. uh, Kyler was back in practice, so he could very well play, but I don't know if they're going to force the issue. So what can we expect? A whole heck of a lot of James Conner. Now, he is not James Conner in his prime he is James Conner, who's shown signs of decline over the last two years, but he's also James Conner, who should get tons of volume. Granted, it is against a very tough Panthers defense, very stingy against the run. So what I will say is I'm using James Conner as a back-end RB1, fully realizing that he is James Conner from right now and not from the past. Moving on to Minnesota and the Chargers, I've talked about the Dalvin Cook thing ad nauseum. As of now, you know, again, not to trivialize what the allegations, any of that, but he looks like he's going to play here. I have warned folks over and over and over again uh, that, hey, it, you you can't have Alexander Madison out there on waivers. You really can't. And you may not have a drop. That's fine. If you don't have a drop, you, you don't have a drop. But if you have a drop, if you have somebody who's expendable and Madison's out there, I don't care if you have Cook or not, I would scoop him up. We don't know what's going to happen here, but we do. it does look like he'll play this week. Kirk Cousins' schedule continues to get tougher, but he's still a streamer option. On the other side, it's pretty straightforward in terms of who we're using. Herbert, Eckler, Allen, Williams, pretty straightforward. Philly and Denver, Jordan Howard is on the 53-man roster. He is the lead back. This is a tough matchup. He's RB31 for me this week. I do like Jalen Hurts. Uh, The pass defense is banged up. So I have my quarterback nine. Uh, and Devontae Smith after last week, wide receiver 25. Dude is really good, and he's only going to get better from here. Dallas Goddard in play, tight end 10. What do you do if you have Javante Williams? Because Williams has been better. If you watch the games, he's clearly better than Melvin Gordon. But Melvin Gordon's outscoring him. Well, there's nothing you really can do except keep using him. I'm going to use him as a back-end RB2 this week. So Same with Gordon. I actually have Gordon ranked ahead of him because I'm, I'm not going to be stubborn about this. But I'm also not going to miss the breakout game from Williams if it does happen. Otherwise, uh, Teddy, I don't really want to stream him if I can get away with it this week. Jerry Judy, wide receiver 27, actually two spots ahead of Sutton. And Noah Fant's back from COVID, so he should be good to go. Tight end 11. Seattle and Green Bay, Russell Wilson acknowledging he is not 100%. Obviously, that's a little bit of a concern. I'm going to use him as a back-end quarterback one. Downgrading expectations for him, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett just slightly. Also, be very clear, Chris Carson is not guaranteed to play this week. If he doesn't go as Alex Collins as a flex option. On the other side, we're not out of the woods with Aaron Rodgers, though it's likely he is activated tomorrow today being Friday, it's likely he's activated tomorrow. If he's not, it's a disaster. If he, if he is, then, you know, it's business as usual. Devontae Adams, elite play. Aaron Jones, top 10 running back. A.J. Dillon, flex worthy. And that's about it there. Kansas City and the Raiders, I'm not panicking over Kansas City. 
I think they're going to be just fine. I actually like Mahomes a lot this week, and uh, obviously Hill and Kelsey. We don't know if Clyde Edwards-Alaire will be activated from injured reserve as of right now. Bank on Daryl Williams to play. If not, Edwards-Alaire will basically slide into Daryl Williams' spot in rankings, which is about RB19. On the other side, it's pretty straightforward. You have Derek Carr in a great matchup. He's a top 12 play. Darren Waller, yeah. Hunter Renfro, at this point, yeah. Josh Jacobs running hard, RB15. And I think you could flex out uh, Kenyon Drake if you really needed to at RB26. Rounding it out with Odell Beckham Jr.'s new team, the Rams. Uh, Beckham should be active in this game, but I would only expect about a dozen, maybe even as few as a half dozen snaps for him. He isn't relevant this week, but I tell you what, I love the spot for him. I don't think this impacts Cooper Cup whatsoever, but it really rocks Robert Woods' fantasy value. Obviously, Van Jefferson, but that's like the low-hanging fruit. A lot of Robert Woods' volume is going to go to Beckham, not Cooper Cup's. And Beckham gives that team a dynamic weapon. You know, he's not Deshaun Jackson. He can do some of those things, but he's way more versatile than Deshaun Jackson. On top of that, Beckham gets to play with the best quarterback of his career. I mean, Beckham, this is a 1-1A situation with Beckham and Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's still going to be a stud because he's playing amazing football. But Beckham is in a great spot here uh, with this team. I don't know if that's a popular opinion out there, but it is my take on all of this. And I I actually love it. Wide receiver 2 plus going forward right there. Uh, And this is straightforward. We're going to use Stafford, Cup. This will be like the last week you can use Woods as a wide receiver 2. Daryl Henderson is in a great spot because I expect Beckham to get quickly up to speed for next week. Uh, San Francisco, well, straightforward with Debo Samuel, uh, George Kittle, right? Very straightforward. But what about Elijah Mitchell? So Jamichael Hasty is banged up and may not play. Jeff Wilson, would he benefit? I don't know. I, I You know, I'm inclined to say that Last week, Elijah Mitchell saw five targets. This is a guy who they seem to be reluctant to use in the passing game, and he looked pretty good in the passing game. If Hasty does not play, which Kyle Shanahan seemed to indicate that was going to be the case, we could see a, a ton of Elijah Mitchell here. I love this kid, man. I'm so happy this is panning out. Like I'm still bitter about Trey Sermon, but at least, at least Mitchell is panning out because he was one of my favorites in the pre-draft process. I loved the testing numbers. I mean, the numbers, the production in terms of his stats, were a little bit juiced up behind that offensive line uh, at at La Tech, but whatever, man. He's panning out. Uh, so, you know, I, I wouldn't hold my breath on Jeff Wilson. The only other player to mention here, Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver 33 for me right now. Be careful with our expectations. I mentioned this in the pod yesterday, but always a good thing right there. All right, that wraps it up for today. Head on over to ftnfantasy.com for all of the rest of the information here. And uh, don't forget over at ftnbets.com as well. Man, oh man, NBA baby, on a roll, on a roll. Up 10 units over the last two days, and we get 11 games tonight. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to football this weekend, and I'm looking forward to being back here on Monday to recap it all. At Jeff Rackliff on Twitter, and don't forget, that are the pregame show, which airs from 8 to noon Eastern Sunday mornings. I'm on it. Adam Shine's on it. We got London Fletcher. We have Jonathan Jones, Keith Irizarry. 
We got Amy Trask and Brock Vereen, Shane's brother. Shane Vereen's brother, Brock Vereen, just joined the show. I love Brock. Brock is so sharp, man. Great show. Put it on. Watch it. Have it on in the background. It's a great way to spend a Sunday morning. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side of the weekend for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out.